This is the Red Bull Rant Podcast. If you aren't expecting adult language, why even bother listening? This episode of the Red Bull Rant is brought to you by the fine people that support us through Patreon.com backslash Red Bull Rant. Head on over there to support us and get exclusive content when we fucking feel like it. We want to send a special thanks to Chris Adamick, the Mave, Mave Dartinez, Pierre, Eddie Delecto, and Jeremiah Dempster. As always, thanks, guys. Shore, New Jersey, the shores of the Merrimack River in Massachusetts. This is the Red Bull Ramp Podcast. I'm back for a special episode. Your host, Pat McDonald. I'm Truman, and this is a super special episode because we have a super special guest talking about Forza Lucha, the history of it. Uh, we're going to talk about how it happened, what we, some matches, and our special guest is a man that was there day one till the very bitter end. Eric Corvus. Eric, what's going on, man? What's going on, guys? Uh, definitely ready for this trek down memory lane. We are going to rack your brain, so I, I hope you remember that. <laughs> I, I do not hold your breath. Uh, <laughs> I'm good. I get hit in the head a lot. I've had a lot of matches. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I do. I have some good trivia questions for you. I got seven since we had seven shows. Um, but what we'll do is we'll kind of start about the history of the show, and then we'll go from there. Um, so the idea of this show was when the Empire Supporters Club were hanging out at El Pastor, the, the pregame hangout, they had a big lot and big fence. So you couldn't really see from the street. And it was me and my brother, Walt and Sean McHale. And we're like, wow, this is a great place where you can literally put a wrestling ring. Eric, I'm sure as you know, when you go to, when you go to anywhere you go, can I get a ring in this place? <laughs> I feel like that's everything with wrestling. You hear a song on the radio, you're like, that would make an awesome entrance music. <laughs> you go to a bar or something, they have a cool hall, you're like, oh, this would be great for a show. Everything just starts thinking about, how can I utilize this for wrestling? Yes, absolutely. Um, so that that was the idea. And then it was really just going, I, th I think we know enough people between the three of us to put on a show. Um, and we need someone to record it. Pat, that's where you came in yeah. as, <laughs> as the camera guy. And we came up with this crazy little thing called Forza Lucha. Um, I'll definitely touch on the first one. The first show's a great one to talk about because it was so bananas. Um, Eric, how, who invited you onto the show? I don't, I don't remember which one of us it was. I honestly don't either. Like, I remember kind of meeting all of you as a group. Like, I met you all more through, like, the Chikaraverse at the time, and then we all kind of transitioned more into, like, seeing each other at Beyond shows and stuff like that. Yeah. But uh, I don't remember any one specifically of you coming to talk to me. I just remember, like, 
clicking with your whole crew, becoming like cool friends with you, with Angela, with with Mikhail. Like Mikhail still works with me. He's the commentator for the indie that I help run, you know? So yeah. it's like I I built a relationship with the whole crew before I was asked to kind of come on, you know? Like that's that's at least how I remember it because I don't remember having like just a singular relationship with any of you specifically. Yeah. It, it, it was a funny, it, it was a very interesting group of people. It, it really was probably one of the more unique. We had Lance Anuai on that show. Uh, Eric Andretti. It, it was like this really, yeah, guys from Chikara. Um, so Pat, real quick, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll talk about you. This was, this was very, I don't know what, what, like it was literally a one camera show. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It was, that that first show was very low, very very low-fi. Um, we didn't even have an elevated view. It was just kind of just off to the side of the ring, one camera pointed at the ring, uh, recording, hit record, let it go, and that was it. it was It was a very basic uh, production uh, for that very first Force Lucha, no question. Now, let's talk about there's there's two really hilarious things about this show. First. Do you guys remember that ring? Yes, vaguely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, was like, it wasn't in in the best shape. <laughs> it, was a, it was droopy, if I remember correctly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> As was my back after bumping in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think there was like um, tape, all tape in the middle of it. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. It it was rough. Mm-hmm. And then, do you guys remember the referee? Hey, no, I can't say that I do. Was it an actual referee? I don't know. So this guy shows up. I I couldn't even tell you who he showed up with. He it looked like he was wearing a bowling shirt, <laughs> just like something he got from like Walmart or something. This bowling shirt, and he was that was it. He was the referee for the show. I, I don't know the guy's name. I have no idea where he came from. I don't know if he came. He might have come with the ring. I, I have no clue where this guy came up. But what, it's one of those weird things that I don't think anybody thought of. We need a referee. We, you know, a referee and a ring bell. Like, the things that I think everyone forgets. Every first show, like, every, there's the excitement of running your first show kind of, like, overshadows a lot of other things like little trivial things that you don't think of and you have your growing pains like each show you figure out something else oh shit we were missing this we were missing this we were missing this and then by the time you kind of get your flow go and then everything kind of just runs itself but i do remember i do remember not knowing if the guy was an actual (laughs) referee and i do remember they're not being a ring bell because I, li- I think a lot of people think that like when they rent a ring or rent stuff like that, the bell comes with it, but not everybody has one. Yeah. I remember at beyond drew used to need to, uh, he, he would get the little MP3 of a bell ringing on the computer just in case we couldn't. find. One. I, I think I once used a, it was like a wrench or a small pipe and was clanging on the side, like clanging on a turnbuckle of an unused ring to like ring a bell. I, we once used um, at a show a, a drum cymbal with the stick. 
at an interspecies <laughs> show. That was what we had. And we we're like, okay, we're like, whack, whack, whack. Like, there's the bell. Nice. Um, I, we had, I, I don't remember who did the, the PA, but we did, we had music. Everyone had their theme songs. I mm-hmm. remember that. That went pretty well. There were six matches. I think there was going to be more, but the ring got there really late. Um, my brother was in a complete panic. He was freaking out. Like, he, he didn't know what to do. Oh, my God. He's losing. And I'll never forget. It was um, Hot Sauce Tracy Williams was like, dude, don't worry about it. It's a wrestling show. This, this is what's going to happen. He's like, crazy things are going to happen, and you just have to roll with it. Um, and by the time the show started, it was fine. Like, the fans don't notice that. The fans don't notice when things get crazy. You know, they just kind of accept it for what it is. Um, and it's a great match. Now, that's, that is going to lead into my first trivia question. Oh, boy. Oh, here we go. Eric, who was your first opponent at Forza Lucha? I want to say Tim Donst. You are correct. You are correct. Yes, Tim Donst, your first opponent at Forza Lucha. Yeah, I remember uh, that was the first time we had ever wrestled. And uh, I had wanted to work with him for a while because I thought that him and I shared very similar, like, in-ring styles. And uh, I thought it was when we both wrestled, uh, we both had gears on our tights, which I thought was funny. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, also, like, keep in mind, if everything goes right when you're running a wrestling show, then that means something terrible. That's right. That's right. (laughs) Like... If you're running a show, things have to go wrong. Like, if, if things are going wrong, then you know you're on the right track. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah, there's always, right, it's something crazy. There's always going to be one person running around like a maniac before the show, um, usually during the show, that no one sees. There's one person running around doing stuff. Uh, I think there's a few shows where we're making sure that everybody got paid, you know. And then you think you account for everybody, and there's one guy going, Hey, I didn't get paid. And we're like, you're like, how'd that happen? And you do the math. We're like, oh yeah, no, we definitely added wrong. You know, um, I will say the one cool thing about all the shows was that everybody on the show was completely cool with what they got paid because what the show turned into was a charity event um, yeah. for the AIDS Resource Foundation for Children of Newark, mm-hmm. New Jersey. So it was, we got sponsors. It was a huge thing to get sponsors to help cover the costs of the show, um, the ring rental you know, the venue that we used, um, all you guys to make sure you guys got paid. Um, we had, we got merch, you know, through Lehigh Valley apparel creations who were an awesome sponsor. Um, we did King and queen of the show and they got like a special little chair at some of the shows. Um, that way all the money that came in the door day of show or tickets sold went to that charity. And I think that was a huge part of it. Yeah. And that's, that's so rare in wrestling, man. Like that's one thing that I was always very, uh, very impressed with you guys for doing because you you reached out to everybody like if there was a chance to get a sponsor like you guys were really diligent about doing that and pretty much every wrestler that walked in the door was already paid for like they didn't need to know like oh my God, I hope the show does well so, so i get yeah. my rate or anything like that like yeah that's a huge a huge weight lifted off of everyone's shoulders to know that like financially walking in the door the show's already taken care of and every mo- bit of money that comes in gets to go to whatever charity you work 
Yeah, and and and, and there was a couple of times where like someone dropped off day of, you know, and someone came in last minute. But I think even those guys, you know, they always got taken care of too. Um, I think it was one of the best parts because. Eric, I'm sure you, you know from the years of doing this, just, that's just not the case, right? How many hours have you driven to go, oh, here's 20 bucks, you know? It, it, it becomes part of the process, you know? Like, uh, I mean, in the beginning, you don't really care how much you get paid, but after a while, like, it needs to be, it needs to be worth your time and effort. And, I mean, number one, for me, you guys were local, so it wasn't that big a deal. Yep. But, like, I... I trusted you all and every single one of like you guys were never people that 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 other wrestlers complained about not getting taken care of by you know and yeah. I think every promoter at some point has either paid somebody less than they said they would or weren't able to pay them at all because the gate was bad or forgot to make up an envelope for them you know there's a million different reasons why people don't get paid but you guys, we never needed to worry about that going to a porch. It, it was good to have a support system. Like the ESC was like a huge support system, you know, because they did cover a lot of things that couldn't be covered um, through sponsorships. So that was huge too. Um, all right, so let's. We won't do the show by show, but we will jump this show too because things. Two things changed. Pat, I believe we had a, a, a steady cam and a mobile cam for the second show. I. Don't remember if we had a mobile cam for the second show. Uh, definitely by the third show, but I, I will know is that we were able to talk to El Pastor about getting on to like that second level and filming from up there. So we at least had a better overhead view of the the ring. Uh, I may have wandered around. There is a part of me that feels remembers. Uh, I mean, if that's the one where I chased um, Oleg the Usurper behind the bar, then yes, that we definitely had a uh, wandering <laughs> cam that that show. Uh, I do remember that. Um, so yeah, we, we started to, if it wasn't, if it wasn't the third Daryl show and it was the second show, we did start to ste- uh, step up our game a little bit technically, uh, with Ford's Lucia at that point. It, it's kind of funny. I'm sure if I look back at these things now, I would be like, oh, I do that differently. I do that differently. I do that differently. Like now that I do this like for a uh, regular full-time gig now, yeah, I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure I'd be horrified at watching some of these, even, even knowing that there was that one podcast that called out the camera work as a positive in a review of one of the shows once. <laughs> now, so I know we had a mobile cam because if you guys remember, the second show was the introdu- introduction of the Forza Lucha Cup. Uh-huh. So that was the first time we ever had the tournament. Eric, do you remember what happened halfway through that match? It was, um, it was Fire Ant and Bandito Jr. in the final. Do you, do you remember something that happened in the middle of that match? Do you recall? No, no. Did the ropes break or something? No. So we <laughs> that huge fight broke out between the guys rooting for one side and guys rooting for the other. Oh. The, the super brawl. <laughs> like soccer, I, soccer hooligans. I believe, I, I remember Joey Janela put a construction barrel on his body, ran around with a construction barrel. Um, someone was being chased with like a broken, like a uh, piece of like a two by four, uh, people getting hit with soccer balls. Mm-hmm. It was like complete mayhem. And I mean, the crowd was like loving every second of that. It, w- it was really funny. Were you involved in that? Do you remember? Or were you, were you backstage at the time? I don't think that I was involved in that. No, no, I had, I must've like, I must've wrestled already. and was oblivious. Yeah. You, so 
Here's question number two. You did wrestle already. You had a match with Amasis, right? It was an Iron Man match. The question is, what was the time limit for the Iron Man match? It was a 60-second Iron Man match. Or a 30-second Iron Man match. 30-second Iron Man match. (laughs) How? Now, I mean, that is... We we did a I think we all picked some of our favorite matches and put them on YouTube and that's that's up there. It's Pat and I think Pat you and I quote that match the most right? I believe yeah uh, so, yeah. Uh, I got my pants back. I got on. my pants back on. Yep. Uh, <laughs> there, was, yep. there was another line from that one right? Um, I'm trying to think. I remember Eric, you took you took a soccer ball, you kicked it at the tiny net, and missed. Um, the crowd started chanting, you can't score in a brothel. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, so, 30, first of all, that match was perfect. It was you guys. It was Bryce Remsburg as the referee. You can ask for, like, three better people to put it together. Bryce is so good, as proven now, him being an AEW. He's still fantastic. Um, do you remember how that match went? Yes. So, I remember, like, we, leading up to it, it was an Ironman match. But like when when uh, Mikhail was doing the ring announcing, it was like this Iron Man match will be thirty seconds, and then the bell rings, and we just started <laughs> trying to pin each other really quick to try to like get it going. And then I remember I remember wrestling with no pants on for a good like two minutes. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> I remember like my pants being at my ankles and going to run and tripping and falling over because the pants were there and rolling around like an idiot and then finally getting my pants back on and celebrating because I got my pants back on. That, um, that line just lives with me and Pat like forever. Yeah. I've got my pants back on. Yeah. Oh my God. We say that so often. Uh, actually, wait, that's the one you also actually hit the camera, the mobile camera and broke it, right? Yes. 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 And I tried to put the piece, I tried to put the piece back on. And yes. I, was, yeah. I like broke character. I was extremely apologetic trying to. It was. I think it was around like when I was doing the the like the the the, the soccer gimmick and I was on the outside because I was like, but this is all supposed to be for soccer. How has nobody done a gimmick with the soccer net yet? <laughs> <laughs> and yep. then I ended up. Uh, I ended up breaking. It was like the little lip of the camera. The little like guy in the front had like popped off of it. Yeah. You left. Left. Wasn't too expensive. Yeah, you laughed maniacally. It was yeah, it was very entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that went to like double overtime. There was I think you guys both got counted out, and you both pinned each other at the same time. I believe. Yeah, there were we we did two kind of draws. So it like because normally like Iron Man matches have the stereotype of like after an hour long they're tied and it just goes to sudden death and turns into a a regular match anyway. Yeah. Yep. I think that was the whole idea behind it is how many spoofs on it could we do? You know, like nobody got a fall in the first 30 seconds. Then there was a double count out. Then there was a double pin. And it's like, wow, this is going to end up taking 30 minutes anyway. <laughs> oh, it was, it was, it was great. I, I, and you did a promo for that actually for that match. And I, the promo, you're like, I don't care if it takes 30 minutes, 60 minutes, 24 hours a week. And, of course, you know, we're all thinking it's, it's 30 seconds, it's 30 seconds. But, like, hyping up the time limit that no one knows what the actual time limit was. Uh, yeah, that match, it was so funny. What what I love, too, about Forza Lucha is that, you know, Walt and I and Sean, 
you know, we came up with a lot of the match ideas, um, but we never told you guys like what to do. Never. It was like, we have this really great idea. This is the idea. And it's just like, you guys run with it and you always like improve the ideas too. Um, and that was the best part. Like, it was like, we know the, we can trust these guys to do stuff. But I also think that like, for you guys, like you guys started this all like coming from just being like fans of professional wrestling. Yeah, right? never that's really, it. Sean never, was the only one with experience. Yeah, like never really being involved, like I, other than Sean who did like commentary for like JCW and stuff like that back in the day. Yep. But I think what was cool from at least your perspective is the fact that like you gave us these brief ideas, but then like even though you were running the show, you still got to be like a fan of it. Like, you still got to experience it in this unique way. And I think that's cool for, like, not overproducing it and giving us too much, too many notes about what you wanted is that means, like, you still got something out of watching those matches. Because we were like, surprised. Like, when you guys did stuff, we didn't know what was going to happen. I don't even, I, Half those matches, we didn't pick – like, no one picked a winner. We're just like, we don't care. Just have, <laughs> like, have a good time. The only thing that really matters when, when when you were doing the Forza Cup because like you had to pick the winners for those and, and stuff. Yeah. But it was just. Yep. I remember a lot of it was just like I, whatever fits the story you guys are telling or whatever. But like, if if me and Amasis had uh, Deshaun Pratt had told you guys like all of those things that we were gonna do, it wouldn't have been anywhere near enjoyable to experience watching. You know. Yep. Yeah, a hundred percent. I I think that again, that's the best part is just like we were we still got to be fans, not just like promoters. Like we still laughed the whole time. Um, I still watch a bunch of those matches on YouTube. If you go to the Ford's Lucha YouTube page, there's still a bunch of matches up there worth checking out. Um, no, it, it oh, was a blast. You know what I really miss? That sangria. Oh God, yeah, that <laughs> stuff was. Now I I don't drink, but I I mean, Pat, I'm sure you had some. I know that stuff was lethal, completely yeah. lethal. That was powerful. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was so good, though. It oh, was so <laughs> And they had the outdoor grill there. Um, all the food outside. Um, Mr. Marquez was the guy who owned El Pastor. And he, we, I mean, we come to this guy. First, we came to the ideas of the concerts. Hey, we want to have bands play. Okay, I'll get security for you. No problem. Oh, okay. Because <laughs> he had a stage. And then we're like, hey, we want to do a wrestling show. Okay, no problem. I'll, I'll take care of. I'll get the permits. We're like, oh, all right. Great. I think he just he loved having people there. And he's like, his thought was more people at my restaurant. Like, why would you say no to that? Where do you get people like that? You know? Yeah, but it helps promote his business, too. Like, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like wrestling show is once a year. And think about how many connections he made in that community just based on that. Like, like for me, like I, I never was able to go to any of the uh, the the soccer shows with you guys afterwards. Yeah. Uh, because normal, most of the time people were double shotting Forza shows because you guys did the afternoon. Always afternoon because the game was always at night. But if like if I was like a soccer person, I'd be I'd be going to El Pastor either before or after the games just because like this is the place that I know. You know, like this is the place that took care of us. So you know. Yep. I yep. feel that that had to have helped his business too. Oh yeah, absolutely. Um, now, now what happened was sadly the El Pastor closed uh, that year, I believe. For Lucha Two was the last time they were opened. Wait, was um, that KTB and Oleg like fought away and then came back later? 
So let's so let's get to Forza Lucha three because that is where that happened. That's where that okay. Yes, Forza Lucha three. Now I have I have a trivia question for you on that show. Okay, you were in a, uh, a six man tag. Yes. Um, against the Gentlemen's Club, Dan Champion, Orange Cassidy, and Chuck Taylor. Yep. What was the only stipulation for that match? Wait, there was a stipulation. There was that? one stipulation which you said this is. You said this isn't even a gross oversight. I said it. You did. You did. I remember it was me, Quest, and Nicholas K. Yep. And we were the three best friends that anyone could have. Correct. Ah, <laughs> uh, and there was one stipulation. One stipulation. No. Which is unfortunate because I said the words. You did. So the only stipulation, um, it was actually, it was signed in a contract by Dan Champion uh, weeks ahead of time, was that only Orange Cassidy could not get disqualified. What? <laughs> he was the only one. You, We had a contract. You looked at the contract. You couldn't believe it. And you're like, what is like, what is going on? So he was the only one, which is why he low blowed everybody, even his I own do. teammates. He I tried do. to low blow Bryce Remsburg, who again was the referee. Bryce would not allow that to happen. I remember that now. Yeah. I feel like I feel like for that first run, like I was always with Chicago guy, so Bryce was always my ref. Yep. And he is like the most fun ref to play off of, especially in ridiculous scenarios like those like almost every time that i did anything with you guys like i i was part of something like ridiculous uh, i mean listen uh, the only other questions i have are all about ridiculous things that happened to forza lucha shows so don't worry about that it was all ridiculous i think that's the last one i i uh that's the one i the last one i wrestled on before i took that little bit of a break from in-ring stuff correct yep yep and then this, Pat, you remember, this was actually the first show where we had hard cam, walking mm -hmm. camera, and commentary that was set up. That's right. We did uh, that. Uh, we introduced the guys from that. Uh, the, I don't remember the podcast, but. Uh, the Heavenly Podcast. It was uh, Casey James Salengo and Thomas F. Ray did commentary yeah. for that. I feel like the, that was one where he's like, you're going to hurt yourself. I don't know if it was that That's, one. Yeah, or what. that is right. That Thomas F. Ray. Correct. Yeah. And. Uh, uh, if Casey I recall, Slingo kept saying that uh, Chuck Taylor owed him a beer the entire time. <laughs> yep, and he wanted his payback for it. If, if I recall, Janela won that Forza Cup. And, he did. And he was supposed to be a face, but for some reason, our soccer fans, as soon as he walked out, just booed him mercilessly. And he turned into a heel like that and had yep. no problem. He just got, you know, yelling at telling everybody he was a bad, bad boy and all that good stuff. And. Uh, that uh, that I remember about that particular show, and I think was that also the mime fight? Was that uh, that show? That was Kefka the Quiet versus um, Smiley, right? Invisible yeah. weapons match, I, or imaginary weapons? Yep. Any Imag any weapon you can imagine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that sounds right. Yep. Yep, and KTP and Oleg <laughs> fighting constantly throughout the show. Mm -hmm. Yes. And their match started, then they brawled away. They disappeared, so we just continued the show, and then every so often they would just fall back, and yep. then they would leave, mm -hmm. and then they would leave again, and then the show would continue, and that would just keep going on. I remember 
The thing that bothered me the most about that is that's back when KTB was still wrestling barefoot. Yes, yes. I was going to mention that. I'm glad you did. An outdoor blacktop during the summer is not the most pleasant. No, no. Terrible. (laughs) Terrible. Yeah, I, I couldn't believe he was doing it. And they were like, I knew they were tossing trash cans around. Um, oh my God. And then, so another crazy thing about that, at that show is that, so I believe when we, so the first Forza Lucha, Matt McIntosh was on, right? We told everybody, we told him, Hey, we're going to announce that you're from Foxborough, Massachusetts. And he goes, why? We're like, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. It's like, okay. So he comes out, he's from Foxborough, all the fans booing because the Red Bull's big rival is the, is the New England revolution, right? So he's, he, he buys into it. The next show, we got him a Taylor Twelman Revolution shirt, and they hated him more. But Forza 3, he walks out, and he goes, I apologize to everybody. I get it. I get it. You guys are Red Bulls fans. You know, I don't even live in Foxborough anymore. I moved. I live in the area. I'll be right back. He leaves. He comes back out through the curtain with an NYCFC shirt on. Mm-hmm. The hate that man got, I mean, it was just – it was – they despised him. They were screaming in his face because they hated him so much with that shirt on. And I'm like, this is brilliant. Did he have the team scarf too? Well, Chuck Taylor once took an ESC scarf, showed it to everybody, and then threw it on the ground and elbow dropped it. <laughs> <laughs> just to get heat. Just to get heat. Like, that kind of stuff was so funny. But, yeah, McIntosh just became, like, the ultimate villain. Oh, ultimate villain. Instant heat, yeah. Yeah. Actually – Another quirk about that show I now remember is that the Ecuadorian Independence Parade was going on across the street. Correct. Correct. Yes. During a match. That was completely yeah. insane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And everyone's like – and then a lot of those people watching the parade just came in and watched the show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They just came over and were like watching the show. Hey, enjoy. Yeah. It was awesome. It was great. Um, all right. So we'll, we'll jump to four, right? So four, we moved venues again. That day was it was 114, I think, 110, it the real fill temperature. Awful, right? Uh-huh. Well, I because that was my first show as commissioner. Yep, yep. I remember the the ring canvas was black, and yep. nobody like people were bumping, but they were getting up and rolling as off of it as soon as possible. <laughs> yes. I, re- I remember, I remember MC Hale had like a three-piece suit on and he still soaked sweat directly through all of the layers. Okay, so he yeah. are on and there was still a giant sweat stain on his back. And I wear a long sleeve black dress. Idiot. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm. And I remember the, uh, the Nicholas K and Brandon Kirk street fight. On that so show. that is actually question number four, right? So question number four, you declared that Brandon Kirk and Nicholas K have a hardcore match. Why? Why? Like what reason or for what? What was the reason they had to have the hardcore match? Why did it come to a hardcore match? What was the the story behind that? Uh, I don't remember what the I don't remember the 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 story we gave it, but I remember shoot without either one of them knowing, telling them that it was for a title that I bestowed the tri-state regional craft beer championship. <laughs> and like Nick, uh, Nick had brought like one of his old belts from home. Yep. And he's like, that's not what it's called. That's, that's <laughs> not. 
<laughs> don't do this. I don't know what it's called. I, I, so actually, I have a question number five was, what was the name of the belt? And it was the Tri-State Hipster Craft Beer Championship. Hipster. Yes. Hipster. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, all right. So I'm going to quickly give the reason why they had the match. But, Eric, you have to go into more detail because I'm going to give you two words why they had that match. And okay. you're going to tell the story. Ready? The two words are no mercy. Oh, okay. All right. So every every year for a couple of years, I would run an old school Nintendo 64 No Mercy tournament at my house. I, uh, we would have TVs in two rooms, system in two rooms going. Uh, we would have our like winner's bracket and loser's bracket. And it was, uh, it was Nicholas K versus Brandon Kirk. And... It was what was it? Uh, Nick was Ken Shamrock, I yeah. believe. Yeah, and and Kirk. Who he was Kurt Angle. Kurt yes. Angle. Yep. Yes. Yep. Yes. And uh, and Kirk. Kirk ended up beating Nick in some kind of weird way. Uh, it might have been countout. It, it was. It was probably. It was something really, really stupid. And the but match like, had like kick out after kick out. Like, how long did that match go, right? And they were just kicking out nonstop. Hit like five angles. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. It was insane. Now I think that was in the that was on the second TV. Was that in your bedroom? It was really small, right? It was like a smaller room. That was a that was the the losers bracket, and I, yes. I believe they, I believe that was the final of the losers bracket. Yeah. So like wh- whoever won that was getting some money back. They weren't getting yep. like the purse, but I think they were getting like their buy-in back. Cause I think like everybody put in 10 bucks for it. So if you won yep. the losers, it, you got your 10 bucks back. Uh, yeah. And then, and, and Kirk did end up winning, but like it was a no mercy match and it, it was like 20 minutes. It was insane. It, and we all cramped into that room. All crammed in there, like losing our minds. So it's like mostly no mercy fights are like five minutes, six minutes, whatever. Right? Yeah. So like the main tournament's still going on in the living room, and everybody in the living room just keeps hearing like these big pops, like they were legitimate indie wrestling. Yeah, like there's a real match going on in there. What the hell's going on? So we like pause the primary tournament, and like we get 16 people all in my bedroom watching Ken Shamrock versus Kurt Angle. Oh, it was, <laughs> it was, it was so funny. And I loved that. Like we decided, you know what? They have to have an actual hardcore match where did, I think Kirk drug, we had uh, the red. So the Red Bulls provided a uh, turf, like a turf strip that we could use for the ring entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did Kirk drag Nicholas K across that, I believe. Yeah, and, and I can screamed, imagine what that was and like. Screamed out, Turfer. Yes, yes. Like how? I mean, the, the pain he must have felt because, first of all, right, it was 114 degrees or whatever it was, mm-hmm. and that's <laughs> happening to you. That means, that means the canvas and the ground were even hotter. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, that was. That was insane so insane i I remember saying over and over that day that i couldn't be more happy to no longer be actively wrestling (laughs) you really picked the perfect timing i believe to to not be at a show 
I did not want to bump in that ring. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So after four, um, we actually moved to an indoor venue in Harrison. So we kind of moved across the bridge into Harrison. Um, it was the uh, though the Holy Cross Rec Center. We called it the Forza Arena, I believe was the name that, that everybody dubbed it. Um, so the last three shows were inside. Um, why don't you guys, Pat, I'll let you go first. Talk about like that venue, like what the difference is changing from outside to going inside where you had a stage to set up um, and more room to move around. Yeah, I mean, I, I really love that venue. I mean, especially consider the year before, uh, you know, you had 115 degrees. I mean, walking around in, in, uh, without any protection from the sun in that, uh, and like just trying to keep up with these wrestlers. Uh, I'm glad there was intermission. I remember, I think I, I think I, if I recall, I brought a five gallon jug of water or something like that to just down uh, to help me get through that show. So, yeah, going indoors at the uh, rec center uh, in Harrison was, I mean, it was a cool venue. It, 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 it had a very old architectural feel to it that was, uh, I think, looked good, looked really nice on camera. Um, and so, yeah, it was, it was, uh, that was definitely, that, that felt almost like, I mean, you know, I don't want to like put down, I know there's a lot of outdoor indie shows, but it felt like, it almost felt like we went legit once we got indoors there at uh, Holy Cross. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, moving from from outdoors to indoors is always going to give you a more indie feel. But I, I think that, like, we got more people to the shows at the outdoor venues. Mm-hmm. Because once, it, like, I felt like it was a little closer to the soccer stadium, too. Yeah. And I feel that it, it was just, we got a lot of, we got a lot of interest in people that were just walking down the street. From thing, like you said, that parade was going on. We've, we got a ton of people from that. Like with the school, like I like, like I like the venue a lot. Like you said, it was very old architecture. It was very uh, asbestosy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> down in the basement. <laughs> we yeah we we may have, we may have uh, knocked a few years off our lives by having it, but it's all right. <laughs> it's worth it. Was, was the charity. first one? Was the first one the one that had the battle royal? trying to think um i remember doing i remember doing guest commentary mm-hmm. on the stage and it was kind of like rotating commentary with with different wrestlers that day and i remember being on commentary with mike orlando and his girlfriend at the time wife now was in the ring with hot dog starks and i kept making jokes to mike orlando you're like, oh, how do you feel about your girlfriend and that wiener? And he's <laughs> like, like, man, I'd be really pissed off if my, if my girlfriend was touching wiener like that. <laughs> he, he got like legit, like he did have me on commentary and asked me. To stop. So that was, I just looked, that was the sixth show. That was the six. It was, um, yeah. Yep. Uh, you know, who's in that was, uh, Statlander was in that match. Yeah. Um, Fifam, uh, Habib from the Car Wash, Frightmare, Everett Cross, yeah, Ali Rex, Jacob Tarasso, and Hot Dog Starks. So we did a there's a great video with Hot Dog of um, there was an actual hot dog stand next door. So he was yelling at the vendor because why are you trying to sell people hot dogs? He was extremely upset. <laughs> and then he was late for the match, so he literally ran from the hot dog stand across the street into the building into the match. <laughs> That's great. 
Yeah. So what were some of the what were some of the highlights of of the other one? I skipped over the one complete. No, so let's. I you know what cage match is just the best, right? Because it makes you remember everything. So there's what we can talk about. I don't know if you were watching the match. Uh, Pat and I did make a video for this. So Joey Janelle wrestled Crowbar, which was really cool to get Crowbar mm-hmm. at, at that show. And poor MC Hale got Oof, the yeah. guardrail. The gate crashed into the guardrail, and it went, I believe, right into his junkus. Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> he had to go yeah. to the doctor. He had to go to the yeah. doctor. Actually, like it, yeah. it was, you know, it was not the pain that we all feel. Injury. It was legit. Um, yep. Yeah. Yeah. My bumpful just clenched up thinking about. It. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I did make a video for him, uh, where he just get he takes a shot, and the video stops and goes to like. I think it goes to black and white. I don't remember. And it's just go here. In the arms of an angel. I was yes. like, RMP Sean's balls, you know. <laughs> I think we were yeah. all, I think after the one year that it was super, super, super hot outside, the mm-hmm. following year being indoors, I think everybody was just relieved that we would never have to deal with yes. being out watching hot ever again. Yeah. With the heat, yeah. And we had that mm-hmm. nice downstairs, like that uh, little cafeteria they had down there with tons of tables. Oh, you know, we had all, right? The food, we had the, all the, the water set up and everything. There was a ton of room for everyone to hang out. There was a, a big women's room, a big men's room for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that made everybody really comfortable, especially like the women. Like you have your own big bathroom to change, to get ready for. Um, although that was one of the – but you had to keep, I had to keep going up and down those steps. Man, I was so chafed after those shows. <laughs> so So chafed. We got some really cool promos filmed down there too. Yes. We would yep. we would like be searching all over the place for like like I, I think we had like like this creepy like like boiler room area for like a frightmare promo or something like that. Yeah, we did something. we did the match. Do you remember? It was um it was Frightmare versus um Everett Cross. Yes. Yes. And we filmed a bunch of stuff down down in the basement in like creepy areas, and that's where like the 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 whole like asbestosy terminology came from. Yes, because we were probably going into areas of the building that they did not expect us to be. Hundred oh, percent. They're probably like, oh, they're just going to use the main room, and that's it. And we're like, we're going upstairs. We're going downstairs. We're using every part of that building. Oh God, well, yeah. Although, if you remember, they were rather supportive. I mean, I remember the one priest watching the show from. Like across from like the the home where they lived, the windows were all open, and he was just sitting there in his window watching the show the entire That's time. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Yep. And if you also remember, we had the company gave us the empanadas. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh. Yep. Uh, Pat, what's the name? What's the name of um? The empanada place. Up, yeah. Uh, Brisas, right? Brisas. Yep. Because yeah. they got a um a stand at the Red Bull Arena too. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was awesome. Um, a couple of the good matches from five um, was Too Hot, Too Bootyful, which was Too Hot Steve Scott and Sonny Kiss, uh, versus the, the Hot Boys, which was Orange Cassidy and Hot Sauce Tracy Williams. <laughs> and I think, I, think that, I think that was the show. Well, first of all, Orange Cassidy, I have an amazing picture of him laying down on the floor with all the kids that were there. And the kids had like, they were like real little kids and they had toys and he's just like hanging out with the kids playing with their toys. Cause I, there was a, the, like there was an area. So like the whole show was going on 
And like towards the back right, there was just like a circle of toys and kids yep. just playing in a circle with their toys and stuff. Yep. Yep. You guys know there's there's rep there's rep wrestling. Right? <laughs> Those like, kids did I'm, not care. I'm two years old. <laughs> yep. Um, oh, and I gotta mention these guys really quick. Um, one of the best tag teams that we had because you, my brother and I were at a show, and it's actually the shows where we first met CPA, who then ended up on I think being on every Forza Lucha show um, from four there he was on four five six seven. But my brother at a show and there's these guys come out called Team Espana. They come <laughs> out in rest in in soccer jerseys, and Walt and I look at it you're like. Well, this is it. Like, we found the guys. Like, the, how can we not have these guys on the show? And I think they did from four. I did think they did four, five, six, seven as well. Um, but they Jose, were like Jose and Hosby. Jose and Hosby. <laughs> yep. And like, it was so funny. Like finding these guys out of nowhere, just at a random show. And I'm like, well, this is it. And I actually just saw them last Saturday. Uh, they were up here wrestling, and we were we were you know talking about the old Forza Lucha shows and. But I, I had to mention those guys real quick, but it's just, it's just they don't by do, chance. They don't, do the, they don't do the soccer gimmick anymore. Though. No, they're the Hispanic mechanics now. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Come on, come on, guys. There you go. There's the map mechanic, right? <laughs> In copyright infringement. <laughs> um, and I think, so I will tell you, Forza 5, we did have the uh, Tri-State Hipster Craft Beer Title 7 way match. Danger yes. Jameson was in it. Beefcake was in it. Nicholas K. Brandon Kirk. Jacob. Actually, uh, uh, Tarasso was in it. Yeah, that was that was also hilarious. I, I just I loved how like me just ribbing Nicholas K. And, <laughs> and naming that title the thing that would annoy him the most. Yes, hundred percent. For the canon. <laughs> yeah oh he hated it but it was it was a great little story to tell from like those shows on that like if you were watching all the shows you knew like you knew there's like this little story like because most of the shows nothing ever really tied into the others right they were all just standalone i mean it's it's one show a year so you can't really do these long storylines but if you had paid attention you knew that you were driving him like absolutely crazy at every show i i yeah. love that it was so funny and I, I love that that had a payoff yes yep yep and actually, at one point, you came. I think Orange Cassidy came out for that match, and you're like, you know what? Let's just get a, get a beer. And then you guys just left. Yep. That was it. Yep. You're like, you yeah. sure you want to wrestle? No. Yeah. You want to... <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, all right, so I'm going to jump to six. I got physically involved in that match, too. I, th I think I did this weird, like, like jacket transition thing with Tarasso before I left. Yes. Yes, you did. Yep. Yep. That was great. And I only did um, it because I saw like a magician do this this jacket thing. He on like, YouTube? yeah, he took his jacket off and put it on somebody else. But then like Tarasso turned the wrong way, so I ended up just like rocking him with something. <laughs> <laughs> um. All right, so I'm I'm gonna jump to six. A uh, couple things I want to touch on that I hope you remember because one it was another one of my favorite matches that actually um, uh, Team Espana was on. And Nicholas K, right? So it's Team Espana versus Nicholas K and Rex Lawless and C uh, CPA and Kip Stevens in the small children bring the weapons match. <laughs> I believe we had Minecraft swords. A snorkel was involved somewhere. 
But that was all because of the the joke with Orange from the last show of all the kids in their circle pit of toys. And then everybody was talking like, like, imagine if we did a hardcore match that was just all like little kid toys because yep. they had, there were so many there at the show before it. Yep. And, and it was a funny. Of, a lot of stuff in Forza came like, that's how it happened. Like, yeah, you would, something would happen at one show and it would just like light bulb and then you would carry it off. Yep. Like, oh, we got, we got to use this. You, you have to use it. Because um, I, I think, I think somebody used like one of the kids' toys on five. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. I'm almost positive. Yeah. I'd have to go so, back and look, but I'm almost positive. And then it's like, you see that happen and you're like, what if that was a whole match? <laughs> Yes. Yep. And I, I always love, like, I always thought Forza Lucha was good for doing, like, parodying real rest, like, big shows, right? So, like, the, the 32nd Iron Man match was, like, kind of like a joke on the 60-minute Iron Man match. The, you know, fans bring the weapons and fans are bringing, like, doors with, like, nails and barbed wire. And I'm like, well, they had toys last show. Let's just do the complete opposite of that, where it's, like, the, the most harmless things that can happen, which I th- believe ended was... I think CPA was choked to death with a Tide Pod. I think is how that happened. Someone died via <laughs> Tide Pod. Because that's when that whole thing was going around. <laughs> like, wh- Why is there even a Tide Pod in the building at a wrestling show? Correct, correct. And they were made out of, um, I think MC Hale's wife made them, and they were made out of, like, marshmallows with food dye. Uh, it was really, it was genius, the way they made them. And they emptied out an actual Tide Pod container, washed it, washed it, washed it, and made these little marshmallow things and put it in there. I'm like, I'm like, who comes up with this? I'm like, this is banana. Like, this is so genius. How, how do you come up with that? Um, all right, so let, we'll jump to seven, and then I got a few more questions for you. But so seven was the last show. Um, we had a, a there's again a, a show with a bunch of good guys. Fala Ba was on the show. Um, Mario uh, Bocara Bocara was on the show. Um, Charles Mason was on the show. If you guys are paying attention to any wrestling, like Charles Mason's like really hot right now, Wait, killing Charles it. Mason was what? He was doing Forza Lucha Seven. Yeah. Yeah. Charles my wife is my wife that's, is shocked. That's that's the Jello shot day. Yes. Yeah. Because he teamed with Mike Dell. Yes. Yep. Yep. Guys, my wife is like flabbergasted. She can't. She was there, by the way, and she can't. She can't I believe this. She's she's shocked. This was these were the early days. She's just completely shocked. But I love <laughs> she was pretty pretty jello shotted that day. Yes, a hundred percent. You are absolutely correct. There was a lot of jello shots going around at those shows. A lot of them. There were like uh, two full coolers. Yes. And the next day we're like, what are you going to do? Like, there's still too much. Like, you just have to get rid of it at that point. So, so this show was actually your return to Forza Lucha because you guess who you wrestled and your last Forza Lucha show. Nicholas K. Of course. <laughs> now, yeah, this match, you got, I'm trying to remember you guys each had like two stipulations. It was like a first blood match. I think that involved ketchup. No, it was actual. It was actual like Halloween fake blood. Okay, okay. Um, I think we each like. It was like a two out of three falls match. Each one of us got to pick our own stipulation. 
And then there was a, a third stipulation, but it wasn't just like, it wasn't a regular two out of three falls match. It was, there were three stipulations and yes. you needed to accomplish all three of them. Yes. That's what it was. Cause you, cause I think you chose the first blood, right? It, that was your pick. Yes. I chose the first blood, but always just because I've always wanted to do a fake blood in a first blood match. Yes. <laughs> like Forza, like it was more family. Like you, we weren't doing like real blood or hardcore or cursing or anything like that. But yeah. I, I, just the shock value of like first blood. How are they going to do that at a family show? Yeah, yeah, and it was obvious. Like, like all the like you were showing the fans. Like, it's not real. But the ref, I don't think the ref saw that it was fake, right? The ref saw oh. the blood. And he's like, that's it. That's it. Like, that's you know. <laughs> Ref was distracted, and while he was distracted, I literally did a full lap around the ring of like, "Hey, everyone, look at this fake blood I'm about to use." Yeah. So yep. nobody thinks that he's really bleeding. Oh, that was but it was great. it was also believable because back then Nicholas K used to get busted open hard way all the time, like every <laughs> time he was gushing blood. So it just it it fit. Oh yeah. Um. And then the the one match I definitely want to touch on because it's it's again one of my favorite ones. It was um, it was called it was it was a five man match. It was called the best of the worst. Um, it was all heels, and it was it was one of my favorite things. It was uh, Calix was on it, uh, Aaron Bradley, uh, Buster Jackson, uh, Evil Kip Stevens, and Rex Lawless, and it was five guys out healing each other. I mean, using trying to use the ropes uh, to pin the guy low blows. Uh, Calix was booing his own match at one point. He was eating empanadas and then booing his own match. Like they, everyone, the bell rang and they all jumped out of the ring at the same time and walked around the ring like the the classic '80s heel move. I I I, lo- I remember I remember that match specifically because they literally did every single heel trope. But because they were all doing it, like nobody was being affected by it because there was no there was no baby face and there were no repercussions because they were just all trying to one up each other with their heelish antics. I have I have a great picture of um, Calix booing his match and Pat has the camera and you could tell he's trying not to laugh. Pat, how hard was it during these shows when you were walking around with a heavy camera trying to focus Mm-hmm. And not laugh at what's going on. Oh, there's there. I'm. I, I mean, I can't remember specifics, but I know there are shots that have been ruined because <laughs> yes, I it starts shaking with my laughter. There's no question about that. That that has happened. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever, man. You were having a good time. Oh hell yeah! I mean, I think that was the one. I, I think four seven is one where I finally wore the Repo Man shirt. I don't remember if that was that one or. <laughs> and uh, I know that I know there were a few people who gave me props for that. So. <laughs> So, so also at this show, um, in the, the, the Forza Cup, the title match, um, Beefcake Charlie was in that match, right? He was automatically advanced to the final. He didn't have to be in the qualifying match. Eric, my question is, how did he get to be in that uh, title match? Again, and I, I have to remind you, you were directly involved in this. <laughs> For the Forza Cup. Mm-hmm. Which one was that Darius? Uh, no, that- so this the final match was between Matt McIntosh, Smiley, and Beefcake. So 
Smiley was the defending champion. Matt McIntosh qualified to get in, but Beefcake got in a different way into that final match. Oh, <laughs> At a UWA show, he beat up all of our guys in the locker room because <laughs> we at were the talking. fair, if you remember. Yeah. Yes, at the fair, I do remember that, and you and we all and we filmed it, and I got all the UWA guys in on it too, and that's how we got the what do we have Vertigo and Roller wrestled on the on the pre-show of that yes. show. Yep, yep. Uh, as a trade-off. Yep. For that, yeah, I do remember that because and then Beefcake did some matches for us at the fair too. I remember yep. like everybody just beating the crap out of everybody is like. Like a wooded area was like our locker room. Yep, it was like behind a tent or whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and there was like there was there was no structure to it at all. Just like randomly explained to everybody what the deal was, and everybody had fun. Like as the like as the ca- like if you if you watch as the cameras going around, like everybody is doing s- some kind of skit or some yep. something funny. And then uh, I remember Beefcake did your normal like your battle royal like. Everybody's piled on and a big like (laughs) also on YouTube, by the way. So that that clip is also on YouTube. Yeah. Yeah. What I the one thing I'll say, and I will talk about another promo just real quick, is that I will say that Eric Corvus was one guy that I anytime we ask you a promo, you're like, yep, I, I can't tell how many promos you did for us. I mean. You did one. Actually, I think it was during a Shakara show about the Iron Man match. I think we just filmed a quick one outside. Um, we did the UWA one. Um, you did one with with K and Quest, right? The strip one. Correct. You <laughs> you you had to prepare for the Gentlemen's Club. <laughs> yep. Because yep. so there there's a there's a couple of strip clubs in my area, but I like I rec- uh, I deliver ice cream to one. The job I did at the time, I delivered desserts to the strip club, and uh, and it literally just says like, gentlemen's club. So the <laughs> second you book that match, I already knew, I'm like, they're gonna get text message saying we gotta prepare for the gentlemen's club. We're gonna meet up at the strip club. <laughs> Amazing, so funny, <laughs> so funny. And again, it was cool having like a roster of people who. I mean, how many of those guys on those shows were not creative? They were all, like, creative in all their different ways, funny, great ideas. Again, we talked about it earlier. You, you give them these insane mat, match ideas, and everyone's just like, yeah, we'll, we'll make it work. Make it work. Don't give a wrestler a reason to have a good time because we will. Right. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. yep. It's, it's not every day that you get to, like, go into an indie show – and and the promoter just be like, here's a basis, but I want you to have fun. I want you to make people laugh. I want you to be entertaining. I want you to have a good time. Like, I think my favorite part and what I miss the most about Forza is everybody had fun in, in their own ways. You know, like the wrestlers were having fun just as much as the fans were having fun watching the wrestlers just as much as the cameramen filming the wrestlers were having fun, just as much as the referees involved in the matches were having fun, just as much as the guys running the show and watching all of this mayhem were having fun, just as everybody's significant others that were there to support were having fun. Like we were all having fun doing the same thing. And and, and with the, like, that's, that's the thing I miss the most about force is you don't get that at most 
and in front of a crowd that were, you know, 90% not wrestling fans. These were mm-hmm. soccer fans that were there because the Red Bulls were playing that night, a charity event. They were coming out. So you guys had to win over a big crowd of people who were not, didn't know anything. I can't say how many friends that I have in the ESC that were not soccer fans and they're like, or wrestling fans are like, that was great. That was hilarious. Like had a great time. And that meant a lot too. I I don't know about most wrestlers, but me, I like that better. I like to wrestle for people that aren't wrestling fans because now I'm not boxed in. Now I don't have to stay within like this expectation of what people have for what, for wrestling. I could present whatever I want to these people and they're going to have to digest it because they don't know any better. But also opens up the doors of creativity like because you're not wrestling for like a smart mark crowd that have these expectations you know like like if i was to wrestle for a chikara event chikara fans have a specific expectation for what they want out of their wrestling you know like you wrestle on a gcw show or a, a beyond wrestling show those fans have this this inclination of what they expect that type of indie wrestling to be when you go to forza there is no specific expectation you know so that like you're literally getting a blank a book of blank pages and getting to write whatever you want and that's why there were so many unique moments that's why there's so many things that you think back and stand out in your brain and there's things you're never going to experience again on any other shows because they could only be cultivated in that type of environment. Yeah, just open, a fun, yeah, you know, and, and we were able to book so many people that we could we could trust with that, that we could trust are like, yeah, we can put the show in these guys' hands. I'll always say Orange Cassidy is one of the smartest people in professional wrestling. Like, you knew, I mean, the match you guys had, that, that six-man tag. Like, you had, like, six people who you're like, yeah, this is going to be great. I don't have to tell them what to do. These guys yeah. are all gonna be all gonna be funny. Uh, was it um, was it was it you request that picked up Orange Cassidy when he's holding the drink in his hand and spinning him around and he's holding a drink with one hand and doing like a thumbs up like that, that was me. But that was like for an extended period of the match. The gimmick was how much could Orange do without putting the sangria down? Yes. Yep. <laughs> Yep, and and we went like a good like two or three minutes of figuring out ways to keep him going. Like it was like just a different version of the hands in the pocket stuff. Yeah, you know, like how much could he really accomplish with a full cup of sangria in his hand? Yeah, it God, it was it was funny. It was great. Um, and he was wasn't going to get disqualified because he couldn't. Correct, correct. That that like. Oh God, so funny. We actually, I had him. Um, so at, at a Let's Hang Out show, the one they actually had at, at a mall, the Phillipsburg Mall, right? They had that one Let's Hang Out show in a um, old Footlocker. Okay. So I talked to Chris Reject. If people doesn't know Chris Reject, he runs Lehigh Valley Para Creations. He runs Let's Hang Out, which is a great wrestling promotion. Um, we had a Forza Lucha table because we were promoting the upcoming show. I think we were promoting the seventh show. Um, so we made a, a table. Of, of artifacts from Forza Lucha and we created another contract that we had Orange Cassidy sign. So we come to the show, I'm like, 
yo, can you just sign this? He goes, what is ice man? He goes, yeah, yeah, he signs it. Like, so we put that out there in a frame. Um, we had a framed picture of your match with Tim Donce where Tim Donce is like lying in the ground. looks like he's dead. Like, oh, this was painted by a fan. Um, just the, like the dumbest stuff. Made like old timey looking photos from some of the matches. Like a lot of shows you can't get away with that. I'm like, we can, we can do whatever we want. It's, it, it makes no sense. And that was the best part about it. I, I miss it. I definitely, I miss it a lot. I feel like, I act like I, I talk to Mikhail all the time. Like he's actually, he's a really good friend of mine. Like I said, he does like commentary and stuff. He helps me with booking for UWA elite now and stuff. But I tell him all the time. I'm like, I, I miss that stuff, man. Like I wish that we could do that again. I wish we could bring that back. Cause yeah. that, that vibe. And I get, I get why, like I get the reasons why we don't have to go into that. But like, I just, I miss that vibe. You know, I, I miss being able to look forward to that one day a year where we could all just let all of our like our notions about what pro wrestling is and our, our misconceptions about the industry. Just let it go and just go have fun with your friends for a day. I yeah. love that. Shit. Well, hey, listen, World Cup's coming up in a couple of years. Maybe we can do something for the World Cup, right? Oh, yeah. Anniversary yeah. show. 2026. Yeah, we got two years. We'll have the super anniversary. Um, all right, so I have one. More, I have one more trivia question. This one okay. might be hard, um, I mean, and then we'll wrap up a little bit. Your final thoughts and everything. So, there are only two people that have been at every Forza Lucha show. You are one of them. Okay. But only one person has wrestled. Pat, I don't know if you know this. I'll let you get second if if Eric can't go it. Get it. One person has wrestled at every single Forza Lucha show. Who is that person? Is it Macintosh? It is Matt Macintosh. That was going to be my guess, so there you go. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. His first match, he wrestled Meryl the Peril. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and his, his last match, he he won the Forza Lucha Cup, which I thought was fitting. We didn't know at the time that was going to be the last show. Um, but if you're going to go out, you give it to the guy who wrestled every single show. You know, heel or not heel. You guys do a tag team one as well? We did. We did a tag team one. Yep. Yep. It was um it was like a gauntlet match, a gauntlet tag team match. That one that's, we could have cut down the time a little bit on that show, <laughs> that match. It went a little long. That's where my confusion, because remember before I, I was bringing up how like I thought, like, didn't Darius hold something? He like, did. He the, ta- the tag he, one. He won the tag one. Yep. Yep. Yep, and that that was a great match too. Like I said, I should have I should have shortened it a little bit, but everyone wants to get their stuff in. What can you do, right? <laughs> <laughs> and there were so many guys. It's hard. It's hard to say no. It's like no, you guys do your thing. Um, yeah, that was great. I forgot because Dan Champion uh, teamed with uh, the Big Deal Craig Steele in that match. Oh wow! Yeah, New York <laughs> Wrecking Crew was in that match. Team Espana was in that match. Ali Rex and Vanity were in that match. Like there was a good. It was a cool mix of people. Um, Oh, KTB and Smiley was a ta- was a tag team as well. Yeah, yeah. I need to go back and rewatch like all of these shows. Yeah, um, the bunch are on. There's some on YouTube. There's some on um, IWTV, I believe. The last couple. So Pat and I can touch on this. There were so many issues mm-hmm. editing. We lost the audio for the sixth show, I believe. The audio was. We. I don't even know what happened, but the audio was completely destroyed. Um, yeah, there was, that's right. There was an issue. Yeah. 
and the commentary was hilarious. It was some of the best commentary. Mm-hmm. And it kills me that we, we it, I don't know what happened to it. It just didn't mix well, whatever it was. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm so bun, bummed. Um, some of that stuff on, is it still on YouTube. I think you can watch one of the, I think the sixth or seventh, you could just watch the hard cam. So you can still watch the show. Yeah. I think that's the seventh one is still, you can just watch the hard cam. Yeah, because I think uh, the se- like the seventh one we did like uh, by then I was working full time and so I just couldn't devote and then the amount of time to editing the show afterwards um, by that point. So unfortunately, um, I mean, it's again now one of those things like you know, the more I know now, I mean, there's probably a way I could figure out how to edit a show live and in person at this point uh, with the right equipment. But uh, you know, hey, maybe for the Forza Lucha World Cup, we'll see. Right, or just or just hand it off to somebody. <laughs> Let somebody else do it. Yeah, that's that's right. fine too. <laughs> well, I'm gonna be disappointed if it does if this 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 <laughs> thing doesn't happen. Yeah, no, to bring it back. We'll At bring least, it back. Like, like even if it doesn't, if it's not like a yearly thing again, the us to be able to like have a last show that we know is the last show. Yeah, yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that's true. To be able to, because like. We probably all would have treated seven a little differently. Yep, hundred percent. If we had known that we weren't going to be doing it again. Yeah, you no, hundred percent. I do think that enough time has passed that where we could like we could do it, and, and everybody knows it's the last one, and 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 have that like closure to that chapter. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, where do we book it at? Brendan Byrne Arena? The IZOD Center? The IZOD Center? Right there, right? We just... They're not doing anything in that place. That place is still there? <laughs> I think it's actually a television... It's a studio now. Is they, it really? Uh, yeah. I think they filmed uh, at least the new Walking Dead show. Um, Dead City. I think they filmed oh, a bunch okay. of that in there, yeah. Well, hold on. Better idea. Let's go classic uh, Monday Nitro when we do it in the mall. This, that soup, the super mall in uh, in the Meadowlands. Oh, the American Dream. Yeah, I think they <laughs> might have already had a wrestling show. No, I don't. Let's let's just do it there. I think that's the plan. Right by the the uh, ski slope. There yeah, you I'm, go. Sure, I'm sure there's not a ton of paperwork to do the, to no. do that, that kind of show. We got we got that kind of money. It's fine. Sponsored <laughs> <laughs> by every store that's in that mall. <laughs> yes, every store, pretty much in Greater Northern New Jersey, we would have to have a sponsor that show. <laughs> Um, all right, so this is great. I think we've gone for an hour. Um, mm-hmm. Pat, why don't you go first, wrap up, just a couple memories, um, and then I'll let Eric go. I mean, I, it, you know, it was – Force Lucha was one of those – it was definitely it – was, it was a large undertaking uh, from, you know, a video standpoint, but it was also um, an avenue to really get – allow me to an extent to uh, flex some of my creative juices, you know, whether it be filming some of the promos, uh, like the one we did at the UWA show, uh, where I was chauffeur and camera, uh, camera guy for that, uh, little promo with beefcake. Yep. Um, but it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was always a lot of fun. It was always a, a fun, rewarding experience. And, uh, I mean, yeah, if there's another show down the road, that'd be, that'd be fantastic. For me, like I think, like I pretty much encompassed a lot of like how I feel about Forza and the memories and stuff as we were talking. So I'm not going to reiterate that, but it's it just more so that like you got you guys weren't just like indie promoters to me. Like I was at you and Angela's wedding, you know, yeah. like yeah, like 
you guys became part of my life. And, and, and like, even though we don't see each other as much, like whenever you guys are around, we still get together, you know, like you, you, you guys became a part of my life. I became a part of yours. Um, same thing. Like I said, with like MC Hale, like we talk all the time. I see Walt at all of the dropkick depression shows. Cause he still comes yep. and does the music for them. For me, it's just kind of like the, the, the relationships that I was able to cultivate with new people. Like, granted, like, I got to tell stories with Nick, but Nick's, like, always been, like, one of my best friends. Like, same thing with, like, Quest, but I got to do more stuff with Orange Cassidy and Chuck Taylor. I got to I got to wrestle guys that, uh, like, Tim Gantz that I never got to wrestle. I never wrestled him again after that or before that. Like, the only time I ever wrestled him was at Forza. And, and just the, the uniqueness that we were able to present uh, – People you throw around the word quirky, but like that's what Forza Forza was quirky wrestling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. You weren't going to define it with any other terminology you would use for other pro wrestling. Hence, you're using an Italian term and a, and a, and a Mexican term put together. I was Forza Lucha, like the name, like the, even the name <laughs> didn't make sense. Um, also, I want to thank. Um, well, first of all, let's talk about like the AIDS Resource Foundation for Children of Newark, which it was great to have a local sponsor and i think one of the best things was be them getting that check you know which they usually got about a week later but them being there the representatives being there people who lived in those homes um you know mostly teenagers and just knowing you were doing it for the right reason you're like hey we're not just putting on a show because we want to placate our ego and we want to be wrestling promoters and blah blah blah. it's like Everyone knew it was there. And I'll I'll say it again. All you guys, everyone got paid equally, the same amount of money. Everyone was like, all good. I mean, half the guys you knew were like, I'd wrestle for nothing. You know, how many guys, I'm sure you knew the same thing. It's like, I would have done this for free Um, because you were doing it for the right reasons, which I, it was awesome. I think that was one of the best parts was just seeing them get a check and and those people work for that company, being able to talk of the shows. Um, There's a YouTube link, which is a little hard to find, but, um, MLS Soccer did a whole segment. Corvus, I'm sure you saw the segment MLS covered about Forza Lucha. They did a whole video about it, which was really cool. Um, that was Forza Lucha 5. Had the group the the group gimmick you you posted in there. We all watched it. Yep. So, I mean, that was cool. Um, I got to thank our, our buddy Mac Williams, who did all the art, the posters. Um, he did most of the T-shirt designs. Uh, the posters were awesome. The shirts, they were all parody shirts. Uh, we did a parody of the Bullet Club. We did a parody okay. of which one? The Black Flag one's my favorite. The Black Flag one, uh, Freakazoid, which is a show that I absolutely love. There was a Freakazoid parody, and then the Final Fight parody, which was yep. really cool. Which I things like that. Seven is the only one I don't have a shirt for. I bet just go bug Walt. I bet you Walt has some somewhere. I remember they they sold really well that day. Yeah. Yeah, they were huge, and they were because they were the ringer tees. Mm-hmm. Yep, those were awesome. I love that. I love that logo because I also like that that game from the nineties final fight. Um, and then the last thing too is it's really cool to see a lot of these guys, you know, go on to bigger and bigger, better things. You know, um, go on to AEW. Um, Bandito Junior is a referee in WWE. Like, how cool is that? Mm-hmm. You know just to see these guys go from this and, and continue with their careers. And I, th- it's, it's so cool to say, Hey, I got to work with these guys, you know, and, and just make friends. And Eric, like you said, like we're friends. I mean, you and Pat both at my wedding, you know, you guys are all at my wedding and mm-hmm. 
you know, it's it's really cool. You make a lot of bonds you didn't think was going to happen with with silly wrestling show. <laughs> it's cool, especially like because every now and again, especially in wrestling, there's waves of this negativity that takes over the industry. We're yeah. currently going through one right now with everything going on. Yeah. And so it's awesome to be able to have genuinely positive memories of that. I don't think I'll be able to recreate anywhere else. Like I said, the vibe that we had at Forza, I don't think any other place will ever be able to touch that, which is why, like, I want it to come back so bad. Like, I want to scratch that itch of just being able to genuinely enjoy myself with my friends and have fun, you know? It was the yeah. closest to, like, growing up, like, backyard wrestling with your friends. You know, there was no stress. There was no anything. You were just going to have fun and just be stupid with your friends. I just want to be I just want to go and be stupid with my friends <laughs> and have empanadas, have jello shots after the show, which a lot of people did. <laughs> empanadas, sangrias, and cool t-shirt designs. Yeah. No, it, it was awesome. Um, so listen, Eric, I want to thank you for coming on. This was awesome. We've been planning this since I I think October. I believe yes. we were trying to do this, you know, and just schedules my, got in the way. I kept, I kept having to bail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we, I, I'm so glad we did this because this was awesome. Um, Pat, any any final thoughts for you after what you've already said? Anything else you want to wrap up here? No, I think that's uh, pretty much it. Uh, it's a hell of a trip down memory lane for sure. Uh, I'm going to leave all our fans with this. If I, if I could leave the show with one phrase to wrap up seven shows, is that Eric Corvus got his pants back on. So thank you, everybody. Uh, thanks for listening, and we'll see you when the season starts. Yeah. Later.